to get there, you have to belong where you are first before you get to where you're longing. Welcome to Artist Talk Central, where we ask artists about their dreams and journeys and challenges and struggles. I'm your host, Buddy, and a bit of a weird friend, Sharice. Let's get right into it. Welcome to another exciting episode on Artist Talk Central. Today I am here with Jell Jin, so essentially Jell, and he works with Belonging Hong Kong to embrace arts for education. And today we're talking about arts and cultural identity and fostering a more inclusive and culturally rich artistic landscape in Hong Kong. You are also the host of uh, the Inside Out podcast, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, the Inside Out, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was founded in COVID, you told me. Yes, yeah. basically a passion project because COVID was bad on all of us. And mm-hmm. it was my way of staying connected with people mm-hmm. uh, and still getting to know new people. Yeah. Uh, even though situations didn't really allow us to you know, go to a bar past six and really, really meet encounter mm-hmm. new people. Okay. Just for some context, Barbecue. guys. <laughs> we, we were going to go to Book & Co., which was a bookstore uh, in Sain Poon. Yeah, it's I wouldn't small. know. <laughs> yeah. But um, turns out because of their um, guest protection policy that we weren't allowed to record there. And now we are on the streets in a back alley. So if you hear some of the sounds, honestly, that's, it, that's why. it yeah. relates to this week's episode. <laughs> we should probably define cultural identity in terms of, you know, what we're talking about-ish. Because to me, cultural identity is a little bit blurry because even though I grew up in Hong Kong up to the age of 12, as a 12-year-old who went abroad to the UK and in Germany, that had a, a, like a massive impact on who I could, you know, resonate with in terms of my cultural identity. And sometimes I struggle with that because in Hong Kong, I feel like I'm too, you know, quote unquote, international. And whereas if I'm anywhere else, I feel like, oh my God, I'm too Asian. Like people will see me as always this Asian kid who's going around. So so what is that like for you in terms of your cultural identity? Yeah, I think that's exactly the point of why cultural identity has become somewhat of a topic that's been, that eventually people have to face like a crisis of like, who am I? Mm. Who am I culturally speaking? Because with, with, I think with globalization, whoa, taking back to high school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because now the world is very globalized. Yeah. People migrate to different places that they don't, they're not essentially part of like the motherland. Yeah, and social media and, you Exactly. Know? So the question now is not like, cultural identity is not just, you know, where you ethnically belong yeah. anymore. It's really like how you rebuild yourself as who are you uh, in terms of culture. And culture, mm-hmm. we also know, is a very abstract. It's, it contains a lot. There should be a definition on the internet. I was lazy. But <laughs> I actually searched it up, but it's on my phone. So <laughs> oh, yikes. Which my phone is over there. We're mm-hmm. fine. Mm. Uh, but generally, like what we can all agree on is that culture is not just about where you come from. Yeah. Not where genetically, yeah. historically you're yeah. from. It's, it's a also, sense of belonging. Yeah, it's, it's, more, it's also yeah. like the language you speak mm-hmm, can help mm-hmm. you figure out where you… Maybe where even you religion, you know? Yeah, religion. Faith. Like how do you know this place as well? And yeah. do you know the city? Do you know the geography? Like mm-hmm. there's so many components of a culture yeah. that people go through a rebuilding. Especially if like you… Like even for, for me, right? When I came to Hong Kong, it wasn't even my choice. It was my parents who mm-hmm. moved here because of work opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's a narrative a lot of us can be familiar with. Especially if you're 
uh, non-Chinese speaking in Hong Kong, you come here because there's the prospect of something better. Yes, and that's absolutely. also why people move out, right? Yeah. So for me, it was, I think the cultural building, cultural identity crisis started probably after high school. Because mm-hmm. I went to a high school that was very international, even though it was a local school. Mm-hmm. Shout out YMCA in Pongchong. <laughs> um, but once I got out of high school, uh, I loved that my teacher said this to me. He's like, yeah. oh, uh, you realize now that you were in Disneyland in high school. Like, it's so magical. It's a bubble in that exactly. you, yeah. Exactly. And once we got out of that high school bubble, um, I was in, in a school, I was in a college where it's supposedly EMI. Yeah. But then everyone, like all classes were in Cantonese. People were speaking in Chinese. And it was much more difficult um, to feel like I had a sense of belonging there. So that's why the cultural identity is like, do I even belong to Hong Kong if I can't study this well? I don't even know Cantonese. And this is where some of my, my friends now, who I met there, they would ask me out of genuine curiosity, like, oh, why didn't you learn Cantonese growing up? You know, did stuff. you or did you not? We didn't. So okay. when we learned Chinese in these um, what we call designated schools, do you know what that is? No. So designated schools are, um, it kind of goes back to early Hong Kong where, you know, migrants started to come here. Mm-hmm. So Indians, Pakistani, Nepali, Filipinos. Um, the government started to make designated schools, right. which were also like local schools. So they, they have the same... I would say the same benefits. So they were still sponsored by the government. You didn't have to pay a full tuition fee. Uh-huh. But the curriculum was geared towards non-Chinese speaking students. So the Chinese classes were adjusted so, right. that, so that it wouldn't be the same Chinese classes as local Hong Kong students have it, which is so much more difficult. Okay. Yeah, but now the effects of a designated. Yes, I, I, I when I heard that, I was <laughs> it like, so, mm. it kind of sounds like, like, sorry to bring it this up, but like trigger it's warning. It's gonna backfire real hard. Yeah. So yeah. it, it almost feels like you know, like Auschwitz. They kind of separate you. Like, okay, to solve the problem, we're just gonna put all of you there <laughs> in one place. Like, concentrate all the ethnic minorities, <laughs> for lack of a better sorry. term, there. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. which kind of maybe was like their short-term thing in the beginning. But yeah, but then they see, stopped improving. You and see how it backlash yeah. because it, it for both ends, it kind of faces um, consequences. So local students don't get exposure to international, like other Hong cultures. Hong Kong is way more of a di- diverse culture than people let it on to be. Yes. Like the amount of cultural diversity we have in Hong Kong is, it can be so vibrant, but I feel like, you know, it's not given enough credit. It isn't that, because yeah. there there isn't enough spaces that are allowing yeah. them to really absolutely to actually interact. Yeah. So when people say like Hong Kong is a multicultural city, it's like I agree we're multicultural. Does that mean we're intercultural? Like we're not mm, actually engaging. That's a very yeah uh-huh, exactly. Uh-huh. So so that's why uh, the, yeah that's that's designated local schools for you. A uh, quick lesson yeah. for everyone, and I think yeah we're already seeing the effects of it. Where yeah local schools local students. Local Chinese students don't get to interact with the various diverse cultures. Mm-hmm. But at the Absolutely, same time, yeah. we don't really get to interact too much with the, the Chinese local, students. And yeah, yeah. really, like, the probably the only interaction I had when I was young was at the store. And it was mm-hmm. always transactional. But I never was able to become a friend to mm-hmm. a Chinese person yeah. until, yeah, post-high school. You said you had you started to have a, you know, cultural identity crisis when yes. you were in high school. Mm-hmm. And in… Because, you know, our topic today are, is in terms of the arts and music. Is there a particular um, 
genre of the arts that, you know, personally connected with you and any specific forms that you felt like you could express yourself through? I think I'm gearing towards calling myself a vocalist Mm -hmm. just because I like using my voice for a variety of things. So it's not just singing. um, But towards your question, singing is definitely the first… the my first art language. Yeah. Uh, one of the epi- one of the people I, I had a guest on my podcast recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a music associate music direct- director, mm-hmm. and he told me that every creative has their main art language, mm. their primary language mm-hmm. that they think in, and that allowed them to access their creativity that also spread into other art forms. Yes. So it's like music for me or. Music, yeah. Music for me was that. It allowed me to get in touch with the emotion behind lyrics. And, Mm -hmm. you know, once, especially once I started to discover Broadway songs, that's when I was like, ooh, performing with your voice as well. Or just expressing your Mm -hmm, emotion mm -hmm. through your voice and trying to be interested in voiceover work and seeing how dance moves and staging and then… It went to film and everything. Were there any like instances that you remember when you were young that really showed you an impact of art that made you, you know, influence your cultural identity? Yeah, if we're if we're talking about music and culture, I mean, we're gonna bring this up because Filipinos. So yeah. I am a Filipino, but I was born in Hong Kong, raised in Hong Kong. But the one comment that I always get, especially now that I you know, I actually sing in gigs and, and mm-hmm. like shows sometimes. They'll be like, oh, you're Filipino, right? Ah, oh, I knew it. You're <laughs> Filipino. You can sing. Because all Filipinos can <laughs> sing. And I know there's going to be like 2% of Filipinos that are saying to themselves like, I can't sing. Am I not Filipino? And they go through a crisis. Because that's, <laughs> that's the perception that everyone else has is like, oh, all Filipinos can sing. I feel like that's just a conception in Hong Kong. Or is it? No, no. No? It's, really? Yeah, it's, it's, happened, it's, it's happened in overseas when I went to like the US. Oh, They're okay. like, oh yeah, Filipinos can sing. I, I know a lot of Filipinos that can sing. It's like, cool. So <laughs> cool. Those, those instances where I, I realized that music for me was my link to cultural identity was mm-hmm. specifically because of karaoke. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Philipp- in, in the Philippines, like a lot of Asian cultures were very communal. You know, very much with the family. We love social gatherings. And karaoke was the… Essence. Essence. Like that was what people were waiting for. Mm -hmm. And I remember my father telling me this is… The first time they let me sing karaoke, it was Dancing Queen. Oh. Because you know, as a young kid, I could reach the original key. And my dad said that was the moment they knew that this kid can sing. Or this kid can perform. Mm -hmm. And… From that moment onwards, every time there's a music gather, there, there's like a gathering, a birthday, a party, a funeral sometimes. Um, there would be a point where, up, oh, the karaoke machine is on. Uh, Jed, Jed. So they call me Jed. That's my family's name for me. They're like, oh, can you put in a song? Just one song, just one song. And you know, as a kid, you're like, oh, I'm playing with the other kids. Mm-hmm. But that was also my link to like my family. Like yeah. it, it goes further than that where… When we go back to the Philippines, I didn't really know how to speak Tagalog, which is the like what my cousins and my family in the Philippines speaks. But it was only through karaoke that I could really connect speak to them. Speak the same language at, yes, in a way. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. at a young age especially. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we're fine because they can start to speak English and I could start to speak Tagalog with them. 
Mm-hmm. But honestly, as a kid, I was so shy. I was like, they're all speaking this foreign language that I didn't get to mm-hmm. practice growing up. Yeah. And all we had was music. Yeah. So that was like the instant. It's through all these karaoke sessions where through my singing, I am connected to my Filipino roots. Yeah. In terms of Hong Kong though, I don't think arts and music and, you know, dance and theater is, is very much put in the forefront by the government. But it has been better lately because I've seen, you know, like uh, with the new West Kowloon Park and all that stuff, they're, they're much more, you know, active in terms of preserving the culture and arts in Hong Kong, which I, I really appreciate seeing that, you know? It's a step. That's it's always step, nice, definitely. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I... Well, how about you? Like, let me throw the question back yeah. to you. How, how does, um, like, you know, the creative arts, maybe music, link you back to your cultural identity as well? Um, I don't know. I don't think it really relates to my cultural identity more that more that it relates to just my identity in general. As a I person. guess, yeah, because mm-hmm. it um again, music was my way to express myself, and especially through songwriting, mm-hmm. um, I, I get to like understand my feelings and how I feel about certain things. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't. know, Music is just some some way that I could express myself, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's ways to easily make friends because I feel like when you're in a certain community, mm-hmm. it's much easier to you know resonate with somebody or to make friends with them because right. you have such uh, uh, you know a topic that you can um, hello hello there's a lot of aunties that just walk past <laughs> us um, yeah how do you think though um, mm-hmm. uh, you know arts affect how we interpret things from a day to day life how has that's a actually really deep question yeah, like, <laughs> so how arts acts as like a framework to how I yeah. see the world mm-hmm. There's or actually, music or, you know. There's actually the quote that I have. Oh my God. Oh no, I have my phone. Okay, <laughs> let me pull it up. So it's something that I posted recently as well. Um, and it's not a quote from me. It's from, a, do you know Dead Poet Society? So he says, um, Medicine, law, business, engineering. These are all noble pursuits and are necessary to sustain life. Mm-hmm. But poetry, beauty, romance, love, these are what we stay alive for. Mm, so to me the lens of arts is in essence something that we stay alive for we want I personally like to see when people create something and they're able to publish it out to the world and it makes me feel what they're feeling even though we may not ever experience each other in the same location Mm -hmm. if we've never crossed each other's paths um, I would say an example of this is um, the work I do in belonging so um, for those who don't know, you guys don't know, but uh, I work for Belonging HK, BE slash Longing HK. Yeah. And we're essentially an arts lab. Okay, arts cool. for Arts for Education lab. Oh. Yeah. So what we, like, cool. what we want to do is we know that there's a lot of issues. We just talked about the government stuff and we, there's a lot of issues happening around the world. And let's just say in Hong Kong specifically, there are. Yeah. And instead of just being... You know, just shouting at each other like, oh, we need more policies. We need this. We need that. We realize how draining that can be for a lot of people. And yes. to be honest, like I've, I've, some of my colleagues have said this to me before is that, you know, sometimes we get tired of the… And, and they really told me this not to offend me, but they were just… They, they wanted to just share with me that some locals will feel… Local Chinese would feel that ethnic minorities just victimize themselves all the time. 
when we're asking stuff, when we're asking for like better Chinese classes, you know, allowing us to not need Cantonese for work, they're like, why don't you just do it? Like, you're just always victimizing yourself. So that's another issue that I don't think we can get into. But instead of us just trying to go policy, 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 we want to use the arts to just remind people that we're a part of this city. Yeah. And again, to answer three questions. Who are we as a being? What are we longing for? Like, each person in the city is longing for something. And also, how do we find that gap so that we can feel like we belong? Yeah. And we use the arts for that. So for me, that's that's what I see the... Like, when I see some of our participants, yeah, they are tasked to show us where they belong. Where do they live in Hong Kong? Mm-hmm. What do they eat? What, And we ask them to take photos of just what shows who you are the yeah. most. Once you put an art form, what, what whatever the artist's culture baggage background is, mm-hmm. if you like their music and you relate to the emotion, yeah. you, you'll just be like, you know what? This is, this is cool. Like, yeah. I like this song. And that's what led me to also like discover some artists from Taiwan and even Thailand, right? Um, who they sing in English. I'm like, wow, I love this song. Yeah. So just small examples like that. Yeah. And I'm guessing this ne- next question you could probably like answer with ease because of, you know, what you're doing with Belonging Hong Kong. How do you think especially the Hong Kong or just society in general could gain from embracing and promoting uh, diverse cultural identities through arts? You know? And how can we foster a more inclusive environment for everybody? Man, I, I love saying this and I don't say this just to, just to be corny, but it, it adds so much spice to life. Absolutely. Creative, yeah. creative arts, like again in the quote, it's what allows us, it, it's what we stay alive for. We, we yeah. want to see people thrive. I, I, inherently, I believe when we see someone thriving, it's just the most beautiful thing. And I love whole, that you think that. Yeah. yeah a, a whole city that's with different communities who are thriving mm-hmm. all together. Yeah. I know it sounds, it can sound naive to people. It's like, well, the reality is this. It's like, the reality will only stay the same if you if your mindset is always It's only like that so well. small that you accept just one reality. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, uh, Hong Kong can definitely benefit because one, I guess I want to get into… So that was my very like Miss Universe answer. <laughs> but in terms of practicality, if we embrace the arts, honestly, there's going to be more sectors that people are known for in Hong Kong. Right now, we're a financial hub and even that is being called into question. Whether Hong yeah. Kong can is is Hong Kong really the financial hub of Asia anymore? Um, but once we put the arts and fund and and put more effort into creating more artists in general in whatever form musicians, yeah. um, video editors, colorists, you know, imagine Hong Kong being like a film hub as well. And also, it used to be, you know, oh yeah, is, like Wong Kar Wai, yeah, stuff. and all the you know. Exactly. Well, the, the filming industry in Hong Kong used to be booming, but yeah. I don't know what happened, actually. But Same. Uh, that's <laughs> not that's very a thing, educated but, in terms but, of that history, yeah. but yeah. And also, it just gives a lot of… Uh, it, it doesn't… Because right now, the quota is is crazy. Um, really? It's crazy small. Uh, like, let's say when people go from high school to university, it's always the same courses. Yeah. If we allow the city to really explore arts in other ways, then a lot of things can balance out eventually. Mm-hmm. Right? Like a lot of people will, instead of wanting to go 
if there were more alternate pathways to careers in the arts that doesn't just require, I think this is just in general, yeah. um, more alternate pathways that's not just through university, that's not just through business and engineering and medicine and like IT, then I think a huge group of people will come to realize sooner that like, wait, actually, I, I kind of want to do um, a career in photography or in music instead of just mm-hmm. business just because my parents tell me. And that's another conversation. But I guess one example I'll give is one of my friends who worked in, was working to become a pilot mm-hmm. because it's what could make money. It's what he studied as well, aviations. Now he's a photographer and he's loving that life. He's yeah. a photographer for a digital uh, marketing agency and he gets to experience all of these different things music concerts and um, restaurants and try free food just because he takes photos and videos of them and he is good like I will give him that it's a skill as well he practiced but yeah yeah, imagine if people were more they leaned more into exposing themselves to these various art forms that they can also get a career in yeah then a lot of these social issues where people feel pressured to get into something can be, you know, avoided. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and people's mental health won't get so drained. (laughs) Do you have any tips for people who want to start um, simple creative expressions or, you know, how to start that? Because some people don't really know. Yeah. Because some people have never explored that their whole life or, or for whatever reason that they haven't. I love this question because it's the same thing I asked my uh, professor in university mm. when, I, when we were doing short stories. So yeah. this is a tip for people who are writers. Mm-hmm. But I think it applies to all creatives. Especially if you're saying how you know, they can start creative expression and then how it links to cultural identity or just even creative expression. Yeah. The tip is to start with what you know. So start with like mm. what I said, being, right? Who, who yeah. are you as a person? Yeah. What, is your, what is your main art language? If you don't have yeah. one, that's fine. Start from the very beginning. Who are you as a person? Are, are you working? Are you a student? Where do you go? What are the, what's your usual routine? Because once you start with what you know, you start to realize, okay, there's a pattern in my life. Mm-hmm. There are places I like to go to. Uh, I start to go to church uh, every Saturday or Sunday. I go to work or school every day, you know? Start talking about what you're feeling. What's your, what are you experiencing? Because art is essentially just an expression of what you've processed in the world that seems non-wonder. Mm-hmm. And then art makes the wonder there. there and you have to remember, yeah. because uh, even though we only talked about, you know, the big forms of art, you know, art and theater and all that, but Very actually small, writing... Yeah. There's minor forms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, writing, I don't want to say minor, poetry, sorry. Not minor. Not minor. Don't minor. cancel me. Like, <laughs> more uh, less. <laughs> Less, less known yeah. forms of art, yes. less discussed forms of art like poetry, photography, Actually, pottery. There's also this one, and you guys may argue with me, yeah. but cooking. Oh, cooking absolutely. is an art. art. It's, mm-hmm. it's taking different yeah. spices, taking different ingredients, and making it into something, you know, really cool. So the two options I would say is like, well, explore further. Oh my in. god, drag. Yeah. Drag is another art oh, form go, that yeah. not a lot of people… Sorry. Exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you were saying like, oh, drag. <laughs> like, oh, who am I dragging? <laughs> Anyways, continue. Yeah, I, I was saying like, if you don't feel like you belong to… Like, let's say a simple example is if you don't belong to a certain school, mm-hmm. right? But your family doesn't have the capacity to like just pick you up and put you in another school. Then you have to find pockets of places where you can fit in. Mm-hmm. Or again, using the art as a way of unpacking like 
what you're noticing more often. And instead of feeling like we have to belong to a community, you can first start feeling with how you belong in yourself. Who Absolutely. are you? Yeah. That's why the three questions is being, where are you longing for? But then realizing mm-hmm. that to get there, you have to belong where you are first before you get to where you're longing for, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you, Jell, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in on this week's episode on Artist Talk Central. And I hope to see you again next week. Bye. Bye.